0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover. Locked On 49ers, Locked On Dolphins for Week 13. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here of Locked On 49ers, along with Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and so easy to play. There's no competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks. We know you will too. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. With promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. We appreciate them sponsoring every crossover Thursday episode here. Kyle, it's been a little while since we chatted at you. And um I'm I'm pretty excited for this one with the way these two teams are playing right now.
0: Listen, I, the only thing that I would casually request is that we don't do the game of the year thing because they, I had that in week two and week three with Baltimore and Buffalo and it was super stressful and my heart can't take it in December. It's that's too high stakes for me. So game of the week, I'm down game of the year. My heart might spontaneously combust if we get that kind of action down the stretch here on Sunday.
1: We're looking at the biggest stories here to start this episode and uh the biggest story in this one is just that there's so much crossover between these two franchises right now and obviously mike mcdaniel the new head coach of the miami dolphins has been doing great things in his first season there and has the the dolphins just rolling right now and kyle shanahan he was with kyle shanahan for 15 years these guys were a married couple practically as far as football coaches go and i I think a lot of people and maybe even kyle shanahan included in fact kyle shanahan said this week kyle that um he wasn't really sure how people would take mike mcdaniel once he was in front of the on the podium in, in front of um the media when he became offensive coordinator of the 49ers and had to speak every week and then now that he's a head coach and i didn't know what to expect of him i knew he's a really smart guy but wow you know what did he actually do what how important was he to the 49ers and what would that look like with him as a head coach? So, first of all, like what has that looked like from your vantage point with Mike McDaniel? Has he exceeded expectations? What do you expect and what have you seen from him as a head coach?
0: Yeah, so so you can tell there in certain phases of, of Coach McDaniel as a head coach and managing the flow of the game and clock management and game situations, that, that's there, There's highs and lows, which you would expect with a first-time head coach. But as far as the culture, as far as the scheme, as far as the player relations, um, that was the buzzword when the Dolphins decided to part ways with Brian Flores was relationships and, and collaboration. And Coach McDaniel, anytime he's come on and spoken with general manager Chris Greer, be that after the Tyreek Hill trade, after the Bradley Chubb trade at the trade deadline, after the NFL draft this past year with their limited resources – you you can tell that there is, right now, kind of a communal direction that everybody's rowing in the right direction, and and that stems uh, most obviously with quarterback Tua Tagovailoa and the the opportunities that they've provided to produce this massive leap in performance from Tua. And uh, it came out this past week on the television broadcast that McDaniel had produced a 700 play cut up to kind of instill self-confidence into a Tonga in the midst of his first two seasons playing for Brian Flores and the 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 drama that was instilled there about him being replaced, kind of that constant narrative. So I, I think from a culture perspective, it's been everything the Dolphins dreamed it would be. And then he's instilled an offense that the Dolphins like literally haven't seen anything of this caliber from a productivity standpoint since Don Schul and Dan Marino mm. were Ed coach quarterback combo. Like the last time they had a top 10 scoring offense was 95. And right now they're, they're in the top six. So uh, that gives you perspective on just how bad it's been offensively for Miami and, and what Coach McDaniel has been able to do.
1: I, I called Tua. This is pre-Mike McDaniel getting hired by the Dolphins. I called Tua left-handed Jimmy Garoppolo last year. And I might have been selling him short a little bit, but there's Tyreek Hill out there. There is Jalen Waddell out there. Uh, I mean, this is a team that I don't really know how you want to defend it. And, and when when Mike McDaniel first came over, it was like, okay, it came from Kyle Shanahan, former run game coordinator. They're going to run the ball 75% of the time. So how are they going to be able to use with, with Tua and his skill set? How are they going to use Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill? But they came out throwing the hell out of the ball uh, from week one. And I was like, okay, I guess uh, I guess Mike McDaniel is a little different than Kyle Shanahan there.
2: Well, I do want to ask real quick, Kyle. Have they changed philosophy since adding Jeff Wilson? Because it seems like there's been a little bit more of an influx in the the run game and kind of this two-man combination between Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. When healthy.
0: Yeah, so they had really tried to get Chase Edmonds going, who they signed in free agency. And as far as rushing yards over or under expectation, you know, before the trade deadline and acquiring Jeff Wilson, Chase Edmonds was amongst the lowest in the NFL of rushing yards versus expected rushing yards for what was blocked in the front. And they asked him to be the guy that ran between the tackles. So Jeff Wilson coming in and having the ability to run downhill and more of their inside zone concepts has really given more juice to their ability to run physically between the tackles and kind of churn out tough yards and earn tough yards. Cause Raheem for as good as he is off the edge, everybody who's, who's a 49ers fan listening to this knows he's at his best getting to the perimeter and trying to capture the edge and then get up the sideline. That that's really where he shines. So um, Jeff Wilson's kind of become the de facto top back because with Miami, with how much play action and RPO game that they have, where, they really want to put that second level in conflict. It's more effective to run that with downhill flow to force the urgency of those backers to really get up into gaps. And then the intermediate from 10 to 19 is open because there's a greater influence of those guys feeling more stress of either Jeff Wilson's going to run me over. If he comes through the first level with a head of steam, or they're going to ear hole a shot right by my ear. So the, the, the I think the conflict of Jeff Wilson adds the layer that they were looking for that they weren't quite able to find with Chase Edmonds in that role for sure.
2: How has, how has Raheem Mostert look? Because this was a guy with the 49ers who was, I mean, on any given play, he, he could score and he was extremely explosive. Now, since then he's dealt with some injuries. He had a knee injury mm-hmm. that sat him out. What, I mean, after his second carry in 2021, have y'all seen that same explosiveness that we had got accustomed to seeing with the 49ers?
0: So there, there's there been, I can, I would need more than one hand to count the runs where he gets to the edge and it's like, oh, is this the one that's going to be the big one? And he's like, he just gets tripped up. And, and a lot of it is um, the execution up front. I, I think the Dolphins are much softer on the edge with the tight ends and the blocking than, than what San Francisco obviously is with George Kittle. Uh, but that's why you've seen Trent Sherfield kind of take on this big role as as far as being a physical blocker to, to kind of help collapse and block down on those backers. Uh, he did have one long touchdown run uh, against Cleveland. Uh, that, that was kind of the buildup that we were waiting for, but we haven't seen the home runs hit consistently yet. And, and I think Miami probably protected uh, Raheem from himself against Houston when they made the decision to not dress him. He's dealt with something on that same knee. Um, but it doesn't sound like it's anything serious, and, and I think they just kind of made the decision, hey, let's make sure you're healthy for the stretch run and not put any more undue stress uh, when we do have Jeff Wilson who's running the ball as well as he is. So he's definitely got speed, and I've been impressed with what he does in the passing game as well as far as pass protection and really being uh, helping to keep that pocket with all that play action coming out of the mesh point and picking up pass rushers. So he's been an excellent addition, but I do think he's he's not quite the same Explosive home run hitter that San Francisco fans rob- probably remember him for in his peak.
1: Such an odd player, too. Late breakout age, you know, right. was a special teamer, former wide receiver in college and mo- mostly a track guy. Didn't even get used much at Purdue in college and then comes in the league and takes a few years to get going. It's like the reverse. He was already, uh, I mean, he was like just getting his legs under him as an NFL straight running back when other running backs are you know, breaking down and, and uh, so just a, a wild career for a guy who who I liked a lot when he was with the 49ers. I know there's been a lot of bulletin board stuff, but I don't really look too deep into that because I know what kind of person Raheem Mostert is from his time with the 49ers. And uh, I don't think any of that stuff's a big deal because he's, he's really uh just a good dude. Um Next, I want to talk more about the running back since we brought that up about the injuries and hopefully we see Raheem Mostert out there and Jeff Wilson and Christian McCaffrey. We're not going to see Elijah Mitchell and some other injuries for the, The Miami Dolphins that really might dictate this game in one of the most key matchups, I think, in week 13. Next. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a new slate of pro football podcasts that we're sure you are going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcast. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former All-Pro NFL offensive lineman Ryan Khalil and Audible together. Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level. Sits down with star players like Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey talking about his love-hate relationship with fantasy Football, I've got him on one of my fantasy football teams right now, liking it for the most part, and um, he's a little banged up this week. We'll see if he plays for the 49ers. I think he will. Coaches, former pros across the league, get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, inside locker rooms, during team meetings, back at the hotel, even. New episodes of Block Forever are recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday night football, and it's always available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Brian Khalil uh, has guests that that discuss topics like player psyches, sports betting, playing through pain, being a leader. Nothing is out of bounds on Block Forever. Catch the full Block Forever series available everywhere you get your podcast Now, Audible, get in the game. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers and Locked On Dolphins your first listens today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm hoping... We get to see Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson out there on the field. We're not going to see Elijah Mitchell. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. He had an injury, an MCL injury last week in MCL sprain, so that's it for him. But, um, I mean, both of these teams kind of banged up at running back. I don't want to see tevin coleman against miles gaskin no no offense to the 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 coleman and gaskin families but i want to see raheem Mostert out there you know former 49er i want to see jeff wilson out there former 49er i want to see christian mccaffrey the guy the the 49ers just spent so much to get to help them down the stretch run in this game help them you know play uh uh play keep away a little bit from the miami dolphins offense so kyle what's that injury report looking like in in the running back department are we going to see those former 49ers on the
0: field yeah, it and and no love for uh former San Francisco 49ers legend Savon Ahmed, huh? Oh, yes, yes. Also I mean, also in the, the waiting in the wings just in case for the Dolphins. preseason, preseason uh, and yep. practice
1: squad superstar.
0: Yeah. Practice squad superstar Savon Ahmed from the uh, Pacific Northwest. But yeah, um I expect from a running backs and skill players position you're going to get the full gauntlet uh for Miami, you know. Um Mostert uh Mike McDaniel said that they Raheem pushed to play against Houston, and they ultimately made the decision to uh, again protect him from himself and kind of a calculated decision uh, so I'd expect that he's good to go uh, Jeff Wilson will be good to go um, Alec Ingold, we should not sleep on it as far as being a member of that backfield um, he, he's coming off of a, a knee injury from last year he's been a glue guy for the dolphins and um uh, I know everybody on this show can appreciate the value of a good hybrid fullback. So, Miami, that backfield will be full strength. I think both of these running games uh, will be good. The, the the question for Miami is more up front uh, as far as availability with Teron Armstead suffering a, a grade two pec strain against Houston and uh, Austin Jackson, their former first-round pick, coming back from a long stint on IRs, ball and IR for about two months he went on after week one against the Patriots he played like 15 snaps uh, and they had kind of settled into Brandon Shell, who they had signed off off the street onto the practice squad and he would worked his way into a starting role and had actually been playing at a, at a fairly high floor level and then coming out of the bye they put Austin Jackson back in and lo and behold with like five plays left in the game he got rolled up on and re-sprained the same ankle that he was on IR for for having injured so uh, Austin Jackson's been confirmed out uh, for this game, I don't know how much of a needle mover that is in the spectrum of things uh, because he's played like 75 snaps on the season as the starter with air quotes, but uh, Teron Armstead's the, the big one for Miami. Now, for what it's worth, Cameron Wolfe of, of NFL Network has said that Teron Armstead is communicating that he's going to gear up and try to play in this game. And, and Coach McDaniel said during the Wednesday press availabilities uh, that, that you know, high-stakes game against another playoff team and an elite player like Nick Bosa, he's going to do everything that he can to try to play. So it sounds like he's going to gear up and try and go, but if he does play, he won't be at a hundred percent. Uh, Kyle, the,
2: the uh, the offense has been extremely explosive especially mm-hmm. the receivers have any defense done anything to kind of slow those receivers down we see the crazy numbers the yards uh, per catch the uh, yards on the season with both guys being like in the top 6 and i think Tyreek Hill at number 1 the receptions but how have teams when they did have success kind of slow those those guys down
0: yeah so so the teams that have generally had success when the quarterback's been out there, right? Because the, the, the Dolphins played the two and a half games without two a, of a low with a concussion. Uh, the teams that have largely been able to bottle it uh, have done so by playing uh, quarters coverage. I, I look at the Buffalo bills and the Dolphins played the bills in week three and the Dolphins scored 21 points. They won 21 to 19, but they touched the ball for, I think like 22 minutes in the game. The bills had the ball offensively for an obscene amount of time. Uh, so, uh, Brian, you, you mentioned playing keep away. That, that's one way to, to mitigate the explosiveness. But Buffalo plays a lot of quarters, and they have these two athletic stud linebackers in Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano that can kind of tackle that in between and play both a little bit more effectively because so much of where Tua Tagovailoa Valoa has success is 10 to 19 in the middle of the field this year. Because again, with the RPOs and the play action, they're looking to put those guys in conflict. So I think about San Francisco, and I see Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, and I think that's a really, really nice feather in the cap for San Francisco to try to prioritize and take away the thing that Miami does best, which is so many of those void routes in the middle of the field where we're going to try and hit those guys in stride, and then they can kind of turn up field and look, look to run after the catch. Not that Miami's... Killing teams with run after the catch, they're middle of the pack as far as total team yak, but Jalen and Tyreek, obviously they're, they're legitimate threats to do that. So I think playing deeper zones and then really banking on the athleticism and the instincts of those two guys on the second level that are such high quality starters for San Francisco is going to be a critical piece of this. And I would be remiss to not ask you guys about Talanoa Hufunga, who has just been like this awesome revelation for San Francisco this year and the ways that, he moves around and can potentially help to impact this game in the middle of the field from a defensive perspective as well.
2: Well, how about this? I want to kind of flip this back to you real quick, and you evaluate okay. a lot of guys coming out of college. What were your thoughts on him coming out of USC, if, if you watched him?
0: Yeah, so I, I remember him – being instinctual if I, I remember correctly, he was kind of inconsistent with availability if I remember correctly yeah, off the top of my injuries head and, yeah, yeah some some children so it, it was wasn't sure how good of a functional athlete he was, but I knew uh, you could see on tape like he saw stuff really well and, and I think it, just in in watching some of San Francisco in the build up to this week and kind of try and go through my process and say okay here's here's what I would do here's what I ex- would expect San Francisco is going to do. Seeing him play with the confidence that he has as a hitter and a striker right now is, uh, I think, the biggest leap that he's taken versus when he was at USC, where he could diagnose plays really well, but there's no fear in him now, and and you can really tell, And, and that's been really, really impressive to see him making all these plays in all these different phases for San Francisco.
2: Yeah, it's almost been odd for for me to see kind of the leap that he has taken really in coverage because especially you watch like his uh junior year the year before he came out and it was kind of like ah not really great in coverage I know senior year or the last year he definitely look more improved but watch him as a 49er you talk about being fearless out there he challenges himself more than I would be comfortable with and he has excelled at it and done an amazing job there was one play against the Seattle Seahawks where essentially it was cover zero for him pretty much where he had no help at all he's guarding Tyler Rocket in a slot with space right between them. It's not like he's up at the line of scrimmage trying to press them, right? right? So he's off at about seven yards, kind of squatting on the route with really no help. And he sat and he triggered, his foot was in the ground and he drove the route, undercut the route, undercut an in-breaking route by Tyler Lockett with no help behind him. And he he the ball just really just went through his hands. And then there was another safety coming from the other side and he ended up picking it off. But uh, just to see that level of confidence, I think that's been true for him really throughout the year. So when you talk about him being instinctual in, in college, I think that definitely has carried over to NFL and some. I think he's better than anyone could imagine. Of course, that's why he was drafted in the fifth round and not in the first round. Can
0: could I could I also ask you guys, so much of this game has been made about uh, the 49ers defense versus the Dolphins offense, and rightly so. But I would love to hear from you guys. Just trying to get my head around, obviously, a Shanahan offense and the running game. And I, I know we've had a couple different backs that have come in, and McCaffrey gets infused late. What about up front? You know, because I know San Francisco kind of went through this attrition on the interior offensive line, and Lakin Tomlinson leaves in free agency. And they're going to put a lot of window dressing and stuff and misdirection to, to kind of test the Dolphins' eye discipline in the front. But in the past month or so, if they're not facing Justin Fields, who's popping them off for about 180 rushing yards, Miami's been really good defending the run against – uh, tri- more traditional run concepts, aka not not QB run stuff. So I, I just would love to hear from you guys as far as what San Francisco's line talent is like this year. Obviously, you have the, the top offensive lineman in all of football in Trent Williams, but kind of that interior group for them. How's Mike McGlinchey look this year? Just try, trying to get a feel from you guys as far as how you feel like those guys will physically stack up against what is a, a pretty deep Dolphins defensive line.
1: I, I think it's been the one area of the team that has been the most pleasantly surprising for the 49ers, especially those guys on the interior. When you had three fifths of your starting offensive line turning over from last year to this year, Aaron Banks, who couldn't get on the field last year, remade his body in the off season and didn't even have that great of a training camp. Uh, It was like, okay, what's that going to look like? Then you have a fourth round rookie plugging in at right guard in Spencer Burford and then a, a journeyman who's, in uh, in miami that you might have seen a few times uh probably even not that much popping on the field there for the dolphins in jake Brendel at center and they've been really good uh in fact i i'm pretty sure aaron banks and spencer burford still haven't been credited with a sack yet this season which is which is pretty phenomenal And, and you know you'll take that all day long so when you have the best offensive lineman in the game at left tackle and the young guys really playing well at the guard position, I think it's been a, a pleasant surprise for the 49ers this year. Maybe they haven't been running the ball quite as as well as they had in some years past under Kyle Shanahan, but it definitely hasn't been a problem. They've been able to do what they need to do in the ground game for the most part this year, and, of course, bringing over. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's just added that extra element in, in spacing, you know, in a in a horizontal manner on the on the field for the 49ers. So you can't key on Debo. You can't key on Kittle, and you still have to, you know, try to do what you can against the run, but you've got to to look out for the passing game, the short passing game still. So um, it, it's been pretty amazing. You brought up Mike McGlinchey. That's been the one really rough spot for the 49ers this year. I think he's been credited with five sacks, some other stuff with ha- which hasn't looked great. He's trying to overcome that really bad quad injury that some players don't come back from at all, and I, I think it is hampering him, and he wasn't great in pass protection before, but it was a really good run blocker, and I think he's taken a step down in both of those this year. So if you can get, if you get the 49ers you can probably get them uh rid, over the center with Jake Brendel or against right tackle Mike McGlinchey and um but for the most part the 49ers offensive line has been pleasantly surprising with with all of the turnover so far. Croc, would you agree with that assessment?
2: I, I would say for the most part, right? If you ask fans about last game, you know Jimmy Garoppolo was getting hit left and right. And I mean, he was taking shots and that was something that they haven't really been accustomed to seeing from them. You know, if you go back just one game prior to that, even with JJ Wild on the field, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get touched for an entire game against the Arizona Cardinals. So for the most part, yeah, they've been good, but the Saints saw something that they could attack and if. It- felt like especially even after rewatching it they were kind of confusing the 49ers with these different stunts and pulling guys and uh, kind of you know pushing one guy to the side and guys coming in and and uh, it was it was really tough for the young guys for the 49ers to really kind of have any type of groove and uh, yeah Jimmy Garoppolo he got hit probably more in that game than he did in any game so if I'm the Miami Dolphins and I want to you know see if there's any type of blueprint to really dominate this offensive line which again they, they have played well but they can be had, and I think maybe the Saints kind of showed, "Hey, this is how you do it."
0: Just, just real quick before we move on, I, I did want to mention for the Dolphins, obviously trading for Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline, and we've kind of seen this, this interesting trend, which you would expect when you go out and you get a guy like Bradley Chubb. But the 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 blitz frequency is down a little bit, and, and you know they're they're kind of relying on Christian Wilkins and Jalen Phillips and Melvin Ingram and Bradley Chubb. And that right now is probably their most effective group of four in the pass rush. And they'll move Jalen Phillips inside on the three technique. And they love to twist him in Wilkins and, and get Phillips turning up in a gap. So just kind of thinking about this 49ers offensive line. And if, if New Orleans was able to create any kind of miscommunications with gap exchanges and twists up front, would not be surprised to see the Dolphins on the first third and long come out with that group of four, play seven on the back end to try and zone it up and play coverage and really see if they can capitalize and create the same kind of miscommunications when San Francisco's got the ball.
1: Of course it wouldn't be a Thursday crossover episode if we didn't have some predictions here. So we've got to get to some predictions next week, 13 49ers and dolphins. But first I got to let the folks out there know about Bet online. And I'm a little bit surprised at this line right now, actually guys, because uh, the line started about three and a half to start the week and it's actually creeped. Even closer to the 49ers' side, four points at home. The 49ers are uh, are right now favored in this football game at BetOnline.net. Your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football, of course, tons of NFL lines, college football basketball, NBA, we've got soccer, we've got college sports, we've got esports, everything you can imagine sports-related at betonline.net. And if you're going to wager your hard-earned money, you want to make sure you're informed and get all the information as well. And you can find all of that at betonline.net. And, of course, if you love sports podcasts, which if you're listening to this, I'm sure you do, you can find those as well at BetOnline. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Get over to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more about all the trends and all the action at Bet Online where the game starts. So of course the marquee matchup here, gentlemen, is, as we mentioned, Dolphins offense, 49ers defense. I believe it's the number two offense in the NFL against the number one defense in the NFL. And that matchup of you know Bosa against is it you know, Brandon Shell is that who he's going to see a lot of? Is Teron Armstead going to play in this game? Uh, how much do they move him around? Can they uh, – and I, I think it's very similar to what you just laid out there with the, with the Dolphins' defense, Kyle, in that can the 49ers get home with their front four and and deploy their – coverage guys in the back end you know two high safeties as much as they need to against this team I I think that's going to be really key for the San Francisco 49ers I like that matchup for the 49ers but before we make our predictions are you a little bit surprised Kyle to see the 49ers favored as much as they are and like look when you're when you're like betting on a game I look at this and I say man I don't know how this game is going to go I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams so neutral field that means it's probably a coin flip for me but then when you put the 49ers at home, okay, you get a field goal. You get that extra point. I'm almost like, how gold is that extra point? You know, if you're getting four points instead of three.
0: Yeah. So I'm not surprised that San Francisco is favored being at home and Miami having to come out to the West coast and they're going to stay out there for the two week trip because they have the chargers the following week. So this is like going to be a big to do, you know, and this being at least on the front end of it, you're you're a little bit more routine with your schedule, but Miami has not been on the road in about a month. So, you know, it's just kind of a little bit of an interruption versus their flow in general. And uh, they, they had to knock a little bit of the rust off coming out of the bye against Houston uh, this past week as well. You know, in spite of what the score in the first half would tell you in that game, I think there were some timing things that the dolphins would love to get cleaned up. And with the question of Teron Armstead, uh, I take all those pieces of the puzzle together, and I'm not surprised that San Francisco's favorite, and these are two teams that are playing really good ball right now, right? So uh, San Francisco's won, I believe, four in a row, going from three and four to f- seven and four at this point, and Miami's won five in a row. So um, what do they see? Defense wins champions, championships, right? So maybe that's part of the line here as well. But uh, yeah, th- this this to me is going to be the turnover battle third down conversions, red zone conversions to touchdowns, like all of those cliche things. Like this is a game where they're actually going to mean it. Like you have to win those things to win the football game. I don't think you could get down in the red zone and settle for threes and expect to win this football game. Because I do think generally speaking points are going to be a little tougher to come by. I don't think this is going to be a 40 to 35 final score. I'm thinking like 24, 21, or 2017 is probably going to be when it's all said and done how, how the, the final score ends up laying out here.
1: Croc? do you have an official prediction for 49ers-Dolphins Week 13?
2: Oh man, uh, this is a tough one because you don't know which way is going to go. We, we talked earlier about kind of both of these teams, and is there a case of fools gold? I think they're both good, right? The uh, Miami Dolphins have not lost a game that Tua has started and finished in it. The 49ers, they're on a four game winning streak right now. Dolphins on a five game winning streak. When you kind of look at the teams that both of those teams played during that streak, it's like, well, it's not super impressive. But I do think both teams are, are really good. I think the 49ers have a good team, and if the 49ers or what we think they are. And I'd say they win by three, but I'm not taking them minus four at all. Like, I'm not doing that. Now, my only, I guess, pushback against myself on that is they've done a really good job kind of, especially as of late, of covering whatever the spread is. So, some spreads where I'm like, oh, man, nine and a half, that's too much. It's like, no, they win by 20. Oh, man, 10 points, that's too much. Now they win by 13. So, uh I guess maybe if you're a betting man, you just kind of go with the trends of what the 49ers have been doing and covering those spreads. But it kind of scares me a little bit. I'd say if the 49ers win, it'll be by a field goal.
1: Well, Crock, is it going to be a 3 nothing game then? Because the 49ers don't let people score. We know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they don't let uh, Colt McCoy and andy dalton score it's a different task when you got tua and Jalen waddle and tyreek hill and these guys can catch a five-yard hitch make one guy miss and i don't think tell Lufunga is gonna catch a guy sprinting down the sideline
1: how about 27 would, 24 27 24 niners that's what i got in this one so i'll give you your I three would, crop.
0: i would kind of be here for the four nothing final score with two safeties though that'd be pretty fun <laughs>
1: That would be pretty amazing
0: cut get a push on the cover and and no touchdowns that are no points otherwise that'd be fun uh if I'm betting with my head, you know Miami having won five in a row and having to make the west coast trip, I'd probably take San Francisco by a final score of twenty to seventeen is what I would settle what if if I'm betting with my head if I'm betting with my heart if you can see the layout behind me here if you're watching on the YouTube channel mm-hmm. right like there's no secrets here and I'm a superstitious guy, so I'll lean into it a little bit, and I'll take the Dolphins. I'll say 21-20 is the uh, the teal and orange-colored glasses slant that I'm taking on this game. But if you tell me at the end of the day San Francisco at home has the bounce of the ball that's going to make the, uh, the the difference, I wouldn't be surprised at all.
2: Last well, time we uh, saw Miami play the 49ers, in, that was in Santa Clara, right?
0: That was yeah. ugly. That, that was one, uh, Disastrous magic. Fitz magic
2: look like. Dan Marino. I was is that Marino? Matter of fact, I was at a tournament in Arizona and I'm watching it on my phone and I'm like, this can't be real. Like this can't be real. And I'm watching it and it's just touchdown, touchdown, bombs away on a guy named Brian Allen. Pass interference on a guy oh, named oh. Brian Allen. Throws the ball in between Jimmy Ward and whoever that the other safety was. And I mean it was just disastrous. Hopefully it's nothing close to what that game looked like.
1: I was having trouble at first visualizing what that game was until you brought up the name Brian Allen. And then I realized I had just scrubbed that game completely from my memory. Uh, that was, <laughs> that was a disastrous one for the 49ers. I, I can't wait for this one guys, because uh, we talked about the opponents, the Cardinals and you know, whatever the Rams are now and the new Orleans saints is the 49ers defense. That good shutting people out in the second half of four straight games, shutting people out for the last six straight quarters. the, the Texans and the Browns and I believe also the Rams right who the the teams that uh, the, Miami's
0: Miami's also tagged in this win streak Pittsburgh Detroit and Chicago Oh Detroit right. Cleveland and and uh, Houston this past weekend
1: so like, are, are they just mediocre offense against mediocre defense or are these, these for real? So like, I can't wait to, to see what this looks like. They're definitely not mediocre, but they're good. But are they as great as the stats make them look over the last four weeks? So that's, what's going to be fun to find out. I think on Sunday, uh, Kyle, always a pleasure chatting with you, man. Thanks for, uh, for doing the old crossover with us today.
0: Yeah, this was a blast. And obviously we would love that we have this on the lockdown network to have, all the hosts of all the shows get a chance throughout the course of the season to touch base with different fan bases, and uh, uh, you guys are great. It's always good talking ball with you guys, and glad we could get together and do it.
1: And by the way, this is number one, or number two offense against number one defense in the NFL, right? This is the number one Locked On Network NFL podcast, along with the number
0: two, I believe, right? nfl podcast don't wait we, peter- we exchange every once in a while you know we, we flip-flop every every six weeks i get one on you guys but yeah it's uh it's usually san francisco
1: don't let peter bukowski of locked on up here i don't know where he went this season uh, he he's
2: raising go. his eyebrow he's somewhere raising his eyebrow in this cough. he doesn't know
1: why he he's coughing at but-
0: that at that comment there and, and
1: also don't tell uh joe marino of locked on bills, either because he's been climbing in the, in the old locked on rankings as well. Yep. But he can't surpass locked on dolphins, he can't surpass locked on 49ers. Come on, <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody for making locked on 49ers and locked on dolphins your first listen. Make sure you check out everything else the locked on network has to offer Peacock and Williamson, locked on NFL draft. Check out Kyle doing draft dudes, check out locked on sports today featuring one Peter Bukowski, and of course.
0: Kyle and Locked On Dolphins, Croc and I with Locked On 49ers. We'll be back with you tomorrow.